Well, good evening, friends. Uh, my name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is, uh, it is good to be here together on this night uh, where we are celebrating Good Friday. I'm not, I'm not, I'm sure you're probably uh, in the same place that I am, uh, and I'm not going to lie, a lot of times I, I meet Good Friday with some trepidation and some joy, that, that there is some excitement there, but there's also the truth that I'm going to have to come face to face with my part in the need for Jesus to, to, to be crucified, that, that I am culpable, that I have some, some responsibility to that. Uh, but what I, what I find joyous, the, the reason that I have some excitement is because in truth, it is not a morbid thing. It is the greatest gift that has ever been offered to us, that God himself will not hold anything back in coming into relationship with us. And so a lot of times when you go to Good Friday services, uh, like I, it's an emotional roller coaster for me. I, I go and, and don't know what to expect and you do different things and there's, there's activities and, and uh, you know, a lot of it is just to look at how bad I've been over the past week, how, how, how our past year even, and for us, we haven't gathered together physically for two years. And so uh, it, can, it can just be one of those things where we're asking uh, you know, what is it going to look like? And, and I wanted to use a hymn because we've been on this, this uh, how sweet the sound. I wanted to use a hymn that maybe you didn't realize was a, a very modern hymn, but I wanted to use a hymn that, that is entitled, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. How Deep the Father's Love for Us. And the reason that I wanted to use that hymn is because the picture that it paints is not a picture of, of culpability, although we have some, some of that uh, on our own. And, and uh, as Paul says, my sin is ever before me, and I'm sure that we, we can recognize that. We know where we fall short, uh, but that we can instead embrace the understanding that God loves us so much more than we can imagine, that God's hope and desire for us is so that we can come to life in him. And that's why he sent Jesus into the world. That's why Jesus goes through all that he goes through on our behalf. And this, this hymn, uh, the reason that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe not all of us have even heard it um, is because this hymn was written in 1995. Uh, I don't know if you knew that hymns were still being written today, uh, but this guy named Stuart Townsend, he writes music for, uh, for a living. That's what he does. He writes Christian music for a living. And what he did is in, in 1995, he started writing this, uh, this song. And he was like, uh, when he talks about it, he said, I'm not really sure what happened. It just becomes immediately apparent that this is a hymn that I need to write. And he thought to himself, you know what's going on is I, maybe I've heard this before because it was so easy for him to write because he was uh, uh, confused that, that, that it wasn't, there wasn't any difficulty at all in writing this song. And so uh, I, I thought to myself that, you know, that, that's got to be, first, it's got to be great to be able to be so talented that you can write something and think to yourself, maybe I've never, I've not, you know, maybe I've heard this before, maybe I haven't heard it before. Uh, but he wanted to make sure that he wasn't doing anything wrong, that everything was working out. And so what he did is he, he fact-checked it and backed checked it and found out that no, this was, this was actually uh, a new hymn that he had composed. And, and, and one of the things that he wanted to do in this hymn was he wanted to demonstrate one fact 
over everything else. And that fact is the great love that God has in, in sharing Jesus with us and the, 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 the necessity that he has in pursuing us and how he had planned to do this. And, and so he starts the song out by talking about just that, how, how crazy in love with us God is. It says this, how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure, to make a wretch his treasure. Now, I don't know about you, but I can definitely get right behind those words because I know my own brokenness and I know how far from God I am and, and how much I long to be more like Jesus. And yet, Jesus still has come on my behalf. And it reminds me of, of the of the. the Everybody knows John 3.16, right? All the, the, well, the football players used to wear it on their eye patches. Uh, and John 3.17, not quite as, as familiar, but it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, to save the world through him. So as we have gathered this evening and we're sitting there uh, thinking about how, how uh, you know, Good Friday and, and, and is it just me and I'm so bad and broken, I, wa I want to shift that. I want to flip that on its end and say we need to recognize not just how broken we are, but the crazy love that the Father has for each and every one of us, that Jesus came into this world for each one of us. And if we were the only one he would have still done it so that he could bring us into relationship. Jesus makes this offer to us, and that's the great picture that we have. Now, here's, here's where Stuart takes the, the song in a, in a direction that I, I, I honestly find intriguing. He starts asking the question, what did God the Father experience when God the Son went through this? And he says it this way, how great the pain of searing loss. The father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory because it is through God's grace and through the redemptive act of Jesus Christ that we are able to come into relationship with God the Father. That, that this wasn't something that was a new idea. As a matter of fact, Isaiah in the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah said this about Jesus, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that, that brought, brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. By his wounds, because of his great love for us, because of his offer of salvation that he makes on our behalf. And, and this is why we come together. We recognize that Jesus did something that we could not do on our own. Jesus bore our sin and, and paid, paid for uh, that, whatever that, that looks like, that holy mystery of what exactly happened to Christ on the cross and how all of that works out, but invites us into life with him after that. 
and says, come with me, all of you. I want to embrace you. I, wanna, I want to lead you into a new relationship so that you can have life, not just regular life, but abundant life in me. That's what Jesus offers to us. And it, it costs God the Father greatly in order to do that. It costs God, we, 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 can't, we can't even begin to imagine the cost the, uh, to God the Father and the Son and the, the, the triune God, what that looks like to them. Uh, but what we can do is we can understand that God has pursued us and not, not even that cost was too much to pay to bring us back into relationship. He continues, behold the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was his, my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I know that it is finished. Friends, this is the hope we have in Jesus, that, that his death is what leads to our life, that his death on the cross is what leads to our reunion with God the Father so that we can come to life right here, right now, and not wait until someday in the distance, but instead to embrace what God is offering to us right here and now. In, in Mark's gospel, we hear the scoffers that are, that are calling out against Jesus. And, and Stuart says, my voice would be among them. My voice has been among them because everything that I have done in my life that is against God is the reason that Jesus chose to stay on the cross. It was my sin that held him there. He didn't, he, the nails had no power over Jesus. The nails could not keep him. If he wanted an army of angels to come and free him from the cross, it would have happened. But in obedience to God the Father, he stayed, and in obedience to his love for us, he allowed himself to be hung on that cross until he died. Even death on a cross was not too much for him. Mark's gospel says this, let this Messiah, this is the crowd taunting Jesus on the cross, let this Messiah, this King of Israel come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. And those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. When I, when I think about this moment, the king of kings, the one who spoke into existence all of creation, hung on a cross on my behalf, it breaks my heart. However, the truth is, that God paid so much more than we will ever understand. And God did it willingly because of his love for us. The price will never be too high to pay. And here's the thing, friends. We, we, we don't get all of this, but, but fundamentally, something has changed in God himself. Here's what I mean. Before the crucifixion, Jesus had not, you know, was flesh and blood, one of us, human, 100%. But after the resurrection, he still bears the scars of the crucifixion. That means for all of eternity, not just until they get better, for all of eternity, Christ chooses to maintain the wounds because it is by his 
wounds that we are healed. So God himself bears that burden each and every moment of each and every day. And, and, and it goes on into eternity. And that's, that's the picture of, of a loving God that I have, that it, it's so hard to imagine. Somebody that would love us that deeply and pursue us that, that much and, and come after us even when we are turning away, even when our own voices are, are among those that are calling for his destruction. In John's gospel, we read this, later knowing that everything had now been finished, Jesus says, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, we talked uh, just, just a couple of days ago in small group, we were talking about atonement, the, the gift that we receive in, in Jesus' sacrifice and what that means to each and every one of us. But what I want us to understand is when Jesus says it is finished, it wasn't a cry of defeat that his life was over and that he was finished. It was a victory cry because he was finished with all the things that needed to happen so that we could have salvation in his name, that in him we can have life because he completed all that needed to be done. He had fulfilled the requirements of the law, and he had been obedient to God's call on his life, which led to death, even death on a cross, and that was not too far a bridge to cross. And so he comes after us so that we may come to life in him. And that is the hope that we have in this day. That is why we can say on Good Friday that it is Good Friday. Not that it is that day that we murdered God Friday, right? I mean, that's, that, that's the, our tendency is we want to look at the darkness and the brokenness and we, we spare ourselves for some unknown reason looking at the, the definitive love that God has, that God offers to each and every one of us. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. This is what our call is, that there is nothing of me that is left that is any good, and anything that I had that was good is because it has come from God himself. And so I recognize that with Christ I have been crucified so that I could come to life in Christ and that is the hope that we have in Jesus. Galatians, the, the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia says this, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has, come, has been crucified to me and I to the world through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I've given up everything on behalf of God. Why? Because God's great love for me has won me over, and I will do whatever it takes to follow God, even if the path goes in a direction that I don't want it to go. And friends, I want to encourage you to do that very same thing, that as we have come together this evening, that as we have joined together, that, we, that there, there are things that hold us from committing everything we are to Jesus. And we need to, we need to turn those things over so that we can receive the reward that God has for each and every one of us. Stuart finishes by saying this, why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart, 
His wounds have paid the ransom. This I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid the ransom. Friends, this evening we have come together recognizing that the God of all creation has done so much to come after us, to invite us into a relationship that is unlike any other relationship out there. And we come bearing wounds and scars of our own, but Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, because my burden is light. And so this evening when you got here, for those of you online, you don't have these cool rocks. You missed out. but that's okay, they're not going to keep them anyway. You received a rock. This rock is, is symbolic of whatever it is in your life that prevents you from following Jesus all the way. Maybe it was something that happened to you when you were a kid that somebody you trusted that was part of the church was somebody that, that, that did something or said something that hurt you and it caused you to, to step away and say, I, I don't know that I can follow a God that would let that happen to me. Or maybe it's somebody that, that you know or love that is going through a hard time medically. Maybe you've had, had a, a diagnosis or a prognosis and, and you don't understand it and you don't know where God is in the middle of it. Maybe that's what's holding you back. My guess is that each and every one of us are holding something that is preventing us from following fully the the Savior of all life, the one who offers himself to us. And so my hope is that this night you will join me, that you will take whatever it is, whatever it is that holds you back from following Jesus with all of your heart, and that you would lay it before his cross. That's why he came, so that we could come to life in him, so that we could celebrate Easter together so that we don't go out without a fight, that we can live in his name. And so in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come forward to take this rock. And if you're at home, I just invite you to pray that God would take whatever it is. You don't need a rock. It's just a rock. It's not real symbol but that we can use this to let it be for us something that moves us in the direction of God. Lay your burdens at the foot of the cross and let Jesus carry you into eternity. Let us go to God and lay our burdens down. You may have never heard this hymn sung, but I want to encourage you to hear the words to let them resonate in your hearts and to recognize the great gift that you have received this night, that you were able to lay down your burdens, that you were able to lay down your brokenness, that in Jesus you have life, abundant life and hope, not just hope for tomorrow, but a hope for eternity. So let's rise and join our voices as we sing together how deep the Father's love for us. Let's sing. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that He should give His only Son 